Hello and welcome to another weekly teaching from Vineyard Community Church, St. Louis. Well, let me um, let me uh, just talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit. You know, in in our church, we talk quite a bit about the Holy Spirit. You hear that term a lot. Holy Spirit's Holy Spirit's doing this. Holy Spirit's doing that. And so, what I'd like to say is, uh, is you know. It's very personal the way we talk about the Holy Spirit. And so let's imagine that you had someone who was kind of new to things, and they sincerely said, you know, I hear you talking about the Holy Spirit, and I would like you're this Holy Spirit that you're talking about. I don't know who this is. You act like it's a person. Can you describe Holy Spirit? Can you describe how uh, Holy Spirit operates, and what does it feel like, and what, what, what does... Holy Spirit, do, okay? Now, I want to hear from you guys. What things would you say, a phrase or a couple words, how would you, how would you explain that to somebody? We're a small group here, like, let's just talk. A spotlight that comes in and it shines on Jesus. When it comes, you see Jesus. That's cool. What else? How would you describe the Holy Spirit? Comforter. Comforter. That you experience comfort that's beyond human reason that through that. Great. What else? Imparts. imparts. He gives things. He, he, he empowers, imparts. What else? Guides. He guides you. It's a spot that he, he actually directs you. Other things you think about. Jerry. Power. power. You, when you, he comes to you, feel, you have his power. What else? Sandy. Oh, he's there, right, yeah. She. Yeah, oh, she. Yeah, she's there, okay. That's great. What else? What is it? Strength. Strength. It strengthens you. Okay, what else? Other things? Intimacy, right? Okay, you know what? And, and it, that's, that's an interesting, because here's the thing about the Holy Spirit is that we talk a lot about that in the church, right? When, we, when you hear us talk about the Holy Spirit, you'll hear us say, say things like, come Holy Spirit. Now we know the Spirit dwells within us, but He's active, and we, we welcome Him. And he's a, he's a person who comes when He's welcomed, right? And we welcome Him. Uh, we talk about Him filling us, that feeling of Him filling us. We talk about how, you know, this thing happened. I felt I was filled with the Holy Spirit. This amazing thing took place. We experience presence. We experience as if God is, is present. When the Holy Spirit is present, we experience the presence of God. We might say, man, in the worship time, the Holy Spirit was really present. We might talk about the time we're reading Scripture, and all of a sudden, the, the Holy Spirit teaches us, and it, the, the words kind of jump off the page, and you go, I can see something I couldn't see before because the Holy Spirit just taught me this truth out of His Scripture. Or you look at this whole place in which that uh, we, we're praying, and all of a sudden we feel prompted to initiate or call somebody. And then God tells us to do that through the Holy Spirit. He is a spot where he begins taking us. You know, have you heard the Holy Spirit say, stop that, <laughs> or start this, or try this? That's the Holy Spirit. He's that personal. 
As we look at this, it's like we, we're, we're often filled with his presence and his peace when the Holy Spirit comes. You know, and I say this is that all these ways that we talk about the Holy Spirit in very personal ways, we have to understand that that went to this level of personalness with the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. This is when the switch where the Holy Spirit began indwelling us, where we had this encounter and relationship and filling of the Holy Spirit as we go through this. It's the very same, now imagine this, the very same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is now living in us. Just take that in for the day. All right? That's right out of Scripture. But here's what I think about the Holy Spirit. You notice there's other things about the Holy Spirit that it talks about in Scripture, like, now don't resist it. Right? Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. There's something within us that the Holy Spirit completely comes up against our natural old human nature. In fact, the very way we get past our old human nature is not by trying harder and, and trying to just kill our whole human nature. The only way we get to the, <clears throat> the fruit of the Spirit is by living by the Spirit, and we will not carry out our whole human nature. I mean, it's, everything's this place around this place of the Holy Spirit. And so I've always had this theology of the Holy Spirit. But I grew up Bible, 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 Bible. Spirit, spirit, spirit. Really, like a small H <laughs> in the Trinity, right? People ask me, how do you, you know, you're this, you know, uh, I, I really would not talk much about the Holy Spirit in very specific terms. Talk about the Father, God the Father, Triune God, God the Son, the Holy Spirit, His, His Holy Spirit. I, I just, but when I talk about the Holy Spirit, it was different. I would say I completely believed in the Holy Spirit. I experienced him in certain ways. And what's interesting, <clears throat> when I look at the Holy Spirit in my life, the way that I came to love the Holy Spirit and yield myself to the Holy Spirit to greater and greater degrees, there's probably more there, right? But, but was through Scripture. Because I started reading Scripture, and I started saying, okay, this is Jesus. This is the life of Jesus. And if I want to be like Jesus... You know, Jesus was the disciples' rabbi, and that doesn't mean just teacher as in knowledge. It means a rabbi is somebody that you imitate. You say, I want to be just like you. I want to think like you. I want to feel like you. I want to do the things you're doing. That's what a, a student of a rabbi, an intern would be, okay? And so I thought, I want to be like Jesus. And then I started looking at Jesus, and I think, oh my goodness. You know, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. Very beginning of his ministry. The Holy Spirit descends on like a dove, and the Father says, this is my son, my we have the Trinity right there, and then what we see is we see the Holy Spirit propelling him into the wilderness. And then from there on out, what we see is the Holy Spirit teaching him and, and telling him uh, and, and, and showing him what's going on and uh, leading him and guiding him and filling him, right? And I thought, oh, I guess... Holy Spirit's kind of a big deal. <laughs> this is the Spirit of God. And so as we look at this this morning, is I, I want you to understand that, you know, that we are in a spot where, what, if you want to summarize a lot of the day, is, is just when you feel the Holy Spirit moving, let Him in. Just let Him in. And your flesh will fight that, but just let Him in. You know, as we, as we talk about this whole thing of, uh-oh, <laughs> we're there again. Uh, 
okay, you'll have to imagine all these. There are so many good slides that you could have imagined, but, uh, uh, but anyway, so uh, they may get loaded if they have, we have, we'll do it otherwise. Uh, so the thing about it is on this chart that we've talked about, imagine that chart, not that. Imagine that chart up there, right? Imagine that chart we talked about as we're going through it. You know, are we there, actually there? Let's see if this is right. Could it be? No. <laughs> if, this will be a one-to-five-time situation. So anyway, <laughs> so anyway, so um, someone could call Emily McCall on her vacation and just for the fun of it. No, don't do that. Don't do it. Don't. I know some of you are thinking, no, no, no. Don't do it. <laughs> she, oh, oh, she's watching probably. Oh, I'm sorry, Emily, that you're going through this. So, sis, do you think? Just kidding. All right, so, so imagine that chart. And, and you might look at that chart if you remember right as we talked about this new spirit. And as you look at that new spirit, you think, where's the Holy Spirit in this chart? And sometimes you go right to Pentecost. But what we have to understand in this process is this whole thing that we've been talking about is the spirit is in all of this. It's this place, this is something the Spirit is doing in this place of transformation to our life to take us to more and more new life with new, a new Spirit. And so this process is going to be happening all the time. Now, in Acts 2, what we start seeing is we see this place of the Holy Spirit coming. Now, most of you know this story, right? So since we don't have any slides for this, let's go ahead and just go through it together it's, this place of infilling, you think is already? I don't believe it. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> so, I had faith for just a second there, but then it, it, it went away. All right, you, when he comes up, you come and officially tell me. Otherwise, I'll assume there's no, there's no clicker. Don't, all right. All right, don't use the clicker. All right. So, let me say this on this place, and we'll move the slides on if we, if we can find some. This is interesting because we're, we're talking about in this, in this place of, go ahead and back it up one if you can, uh, that we talk about, and the Holy Spirit is this place at the very end where it talks about uh, this, this place of, of a new spirit. And so today we're going to talk about new spirit. Now, interesting about that is this is something only Jesus can do, only the Holy Spirit can do, is give us this new spirit. If you, this place where it talks about in the scripture where it talks about creating me a clean heart, and renew a right spirit within me. This is the spirit kind of spirit we're talking about. We're not talking about the Holy Spirit. We're saying within our spirit, as we come to know Jesus, our spirit becomes more right and pure and open to what God has. And so just like even when they, when they talked about in Romans how we're switching from the Old Testament to the New Testament, it says now we have to live in a whole new way. You know, we have to view life in a whole new way. This is a whole new spirit, this new spirit we have in live, learning how to live different than we used to in the law. So when we're talking about spirit in this, we're saying in your life that you're going through, God is always, the Holy Spirit's always working this process and always taking you to this place that you have new life, but then you have a new spirit, the way you live that life in the way God wants you to live it as we go through it. So in Acts 2, you know, we see that, uh, that we have this place in which that we're watching the Holy Spirit come. Now, at this point, uh, we have these people who are like, they've already, imagine what this would feel like. You have 120 people in a room, all right? They're crowded in, and most of these people have known Jesus in the most personal way. And then they've watched him die. 
and they've grieved and they watched him rise again and they have this new life and then they were really confused and they kept appearing and going through walls and, but then he could, they could eat with them and then he could actually cook with them and <laughs> all these things and then it got to a place in which that after that after all that took place uh, he got them all together and said okay I'm, and, and gave them instructions and basically said I want you to be my witnesses and I want you to do the very things I did and, and he said but you need to wait for power you need to wait for empowerment of this new life I've given you and so go wait and then he whew, ascended into heaven if you can imagine what this must have felt like as they're waiting just what does this exactly mean and in this context as they're waiting they're, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're wondering what's next and then in Acts 2 here's what it says you can turn there if you like it might be good especially since we may be back and forth on the, the thing is Acts 2 <coughs> we're not going to go through every part of Acts 2 but we're going to go through quite a bit of it because it's such a good story now, I know many of you have heard this before even you kids have heard this <clears throat> but put yourself in the position and begin looking at it like I want to spot where Peter and the disciples and the, and, and the followers of Jesus start living in this new way that they begin having a new spirit in the way they perceive life and something's changed and they're embracing this new life they have pay attention for the times that you see that as we go through this all right so Acts 2 it says when the day of Pentecost came they were all together in one place suddenly a sound like a blowing violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them now they were staying in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven and when when they heard the sound a crowd came together in bewilderment because each of them heard their own language being spoken so here we have this place of two things coming wind representing the Holy Spirit fire representing the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is no longer in the temple <laughs> the Holy Spirit is out moving and the Holy Spirit comes down and then begins spreading out with like tongues of fire on each person they begin speaking in tongues and there's this that's a loud noise and so this it's Pentecost lots of people in town and they all become crowding over to hear what this what's going on here and they're bewildered because as these people are speaking in tongues they're hearing them declare and praise God in their own language and they're thinking this is the wildest thing I've ever experienced so Peter at this point he goes on he says amazed and perplexed they ask one another what does this mean some however made fun of them and said they have they've had too much wine then Peter stood up with the 11 raised his voice and addressed the crowd fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem let me explain this to you listen carefully to what I say these people are not drunk as you suppose it's only nine in the morning and then he goes on to explain what's happening and he goes in and he begins preaching out of the books of the of scripture about Joel and describing 
through Joel's prophecy that this is what would happen, and in Psalms declaring who Jesus was and why he came. And if you notice, though, what you see in this, look in the red, you see the new life that Peter has, excuse me, the new spirit that Peter has. He received this new life at the moment Jesus raised from the dead, and he's been transferring for the spot of, from one to the other, and now he's in a spot that he's got a new spirit to live this new life. This is, look at this, this is the Peter and the eleven who less than a month and a half ago were hiding out behind locked doors, right? Do you notice something different here? The difference is now they have, they have a new spirit to live this new life that God has given them. And we look at Peter, he stands, they stand up together, you know? Usually it's just Peter up standing by himself. They actually all stand together and they begin declaring to the crowd, saying, listen to me, and in a loud voice means they're shouting this to this crowd. You understand, this crowd was a crowd that probably some in the crowd were the same people who chanted crucify him. Less than a month and a half ago, <laughs> they're just standing up. He understands his new life that he's been given. And so he goes on to say, after they stand up, he says, and he, after he, he gets done this amazing teaching and boldly talks about uh, this through Scripture. By the way, do you notice something here? Do you remember Jesus coming into the temple? And he raised, gets the scroll of Isaiah. And what does it say? The Spirit of the Lord is on me. And I'm bringing good news. And this is what's happening. What do you see Peter doing? The Spirit of the Lord is on him. <laughs> and he says, this is what Scripture says. And he brings it to light. And he begins speaking the truth of what's happening in that moment. And then afterwards, when he gets done with an amazing teaching, which you can read later, he says, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Here we have this place of the Holy Spirit moving as he speaks and they begin understanding and having the revelation of who Jesus is. And they, I'm, I'm guessing maybe, maybe Peter started catching on you'll be my witnesses, and now he's realizing, oh my goodness, this just started happening. I am his witness. I'm now speaking these things, and these things are starting to happen around me. And so, as he looked at that, he basically helped them understand what to do. And in the next verse, he says, they ask him what to do, and he says, here's what you do. Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, a promise that is for you and your children and for those who are far off in St. Louis, Missouri, for those whom the Lord will call. For many other words he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And so then we see this, this next section 
describes it, what started looking like. And this is really where we see this whole thing of people living with a whole new spirit. It says in, in Acts 2, 42, it says, this is describing their life. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs performed by the apostles and all the believers were together and everyone had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give one another who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And as you look at this, it's like this is living with a whole new spirit. I mean, people who all of a sudden became longing for Scripture and wanting to meet and listen to what the Scripture said. They were devoted to that. They were devoted to fellowship, and they were, they were not separated anymore. Now they were just couldn't keep, they always kept coming together. They were unified. And these are people that they weren't around before, maybe even people that spoke completely different languages and they had prejudices against. They were all around each other, they were devoted to prayer. You felt awe, wonder, and the signs were performed. You know, they, they, it affected the way they saw. It affected the way they saw even what they owned. And they no longer had a hold on them, and they were able to be, live in generosity and care for people. They had compassion for people. You know, they ate together. They had glad hearts. And God just kept adding people to the family. Now, that's a new spirit. <laughs> and it just, it happened because the Holy Spirit did it. You know, a lot of this whole process we've talked about is this place of participation, this place that we're going through, the place of loss, trouble and loss, and we're helping you say this, you keep turning to God, keep this process going, but when we get to this part, it's your heart, the hearts are all set up, and then the Holy Spirit just comes and does things that you can't even imagine, that you don't even work at. It just starts happening. Your, their hearts were ready to receive it. Now, this whole thing of receiving the Holy Spirit for new life, you know, to stay just in context of this text, right, this is how the church continues and will always continue by the Holy Spirit building his church by revealing Jesus, because Jesus is still alive, and drawing people to Jesus. And I love what you said about the spotlight. Spotlight and having people see Jesus. This is what the Holy Spirit is going to be doing. He's doing it right now. I don't know if you know this or not. Even though the church in America is, is a little flat, that's not true worldwide at all. I mean, at all. And God, I'm praying for the time that we, our, our growth will not be flat. God's doing something in this period, right, that he's preparing us for. But you have to understand, what happened there with 3,000? You know, you know uh, Bethany Panyon, Asian Access is who she would go through for her uh, when she was helping with church planting in, in Japan. So I was just looking up different things. 
and, and this is hard to figure, but they, they, have, they don't cover all countries. They cover quite a few countries. They say, among the countries we carry, you know, we, we estimate 50,000 people per day coming to Christ. <laughs> Africa statistic is, uh, is 20,000 of that 50,000, so I'm not sure which is what and where, what countries they're in. But I'm just telling you, there's a lot happening. And how does it happen? It may look a little different, but it happens when the Holy Spirit comes and the person feels the invitation and they respond and they receive. They turn from their old life, they turn to their new life, and then the Spirit comes and gives them a new spirit for their new life. And I just want to pause. If you're someone who has never done that, who has never fully embraced Jesus and turned to him and welcomed the Holy Spirit for your new life. I want you to do that today. And, you know, it's, and you say, well, what do I, how do I do that? Well, you do it exactly the same way that Peter said. You know, you, you do the thing that they did in 33 AD. You repent to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's it. How do I do that? Well, just come up for prayer and say, I want that. We'll pray for you. And if you think, oh, David, I'm feeling this stirring inside of me. I don't, I don't, I'm going to check it out by the time prayer ministry comes. During the, during the, the worship time, go, go find somebody and talk to them. If you're online, call me up. I'll give you my cell phone earlier. Just find it. We'll get a hold of a Christian friend. Do it right now. But as we look at this and we think about, okay, how does this apply into the series as this place of new life? Because many of us here know Jesus personally and have experienced this Holy Spirit and his filling. How does that look for us? And in that spot is that the way that, about the Holy Spirit is it, it literally transforms our life. If you remember that chart that we talked about, if you can imagine that, is that just the verse in Colossians, it says, just as you receive Christ, walk, him in the exact, walk with him in the exact same way. And, and what it's saying there is this whole process that we go through, continue to live your life the way it started. And you'll understand, if you're growing and transforming, you will always have this process happening time and time again. Do you understand the disciples at this point, they're trying to get a hold of this, and now they've embraced this crazy, this new life that is just, I can't believe I have the Holy Spirit in me, and I'm talking, and these things are happening, and all that. You know what happened real quickly after this? They had to realize, I, I don't just worship with, Jews anymore. I have to worry about these Gentiles. This is not the life I expected, right? Do you see how quickly they adjusted to that? Because they knew God was saying it and they were able to go through that process, but they had to let go of the old way they worshiped and join into a new way they worshiped. You know? They, think about a Christian in that time who was, they're Jewish. 
All these people Pentecost were Jewish, and they, they, they lived under the Jewish law and all the systems, and we're switching from old covenant to new covenant, and I'm telling you, there's a lot of transition, a lot of change. How did they do that? They had to go through this process of places of saying, I'm now in a new life. Now, how does God come into that? This is how transformation happens. And the other thing is like, thank goodness after this time, trouble quit coming. <laughs> I mean, no, trouble went up. After they had this glorious time, it wasn't long later that they began persecution broke out and they had to scatter. Do you know that changes your life? You have a new life when you scatter all over <laughs> to places you've never been before? You have to grieve the loss of one and go to the other and live in that spot of transition because God is doing something new. And just think about just, I mean, how about this? Like, all of a sudden, which many were arrested. For instance, Paul, he was at a spot where he no longer had his old life of living freely and moving around, and now he's in captivity. But do you see what's happening of what they, what they understood that God is in all of this. And what your real life is, God is in that. And he's taking you to something really good and going to give you a new spirit for that. I mean, he's working all the time. He's working in every one of these processes. You know, I'm sure what started happening, this new spirit they had, they started, think, started looking back and saying, oh, I see now. <laughs> he said he wouldn't leave me or forsake me, and he certainly hasn't. <laughs> He's here right now. You know, oh, I see. He, I, can, I can now write, I understand he uses all things together for this good, everything, even this other stuff. I mean, you can see that they're starting to see life in a new way. This new life is different. They start understanding when Jesus said, I came to have life to the full, this is what he's talking about. He's talking about living in all circumstances and finding Jesus in those places and having that always take you to this new spirit and this new life and living in the way God wants you, empowering you to live the life that you have. Now, a verse that we've talked about a lot is in Philippians. And I love this because Paul, who's been through a lot of really hard stuff, who's been through a lot of trouble and a lot of transitions, the zealous Jew is now hanging out with Gentiles and he's changed his position and all. I mean, you just name it. He's gone through it. And he gets it. And what he says to Philippians, he says, I want to know Christ. His, his whole way of looking at life, I want to know Christ. Yes. And here's how you know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his suffering. Becoming like him in his death, so somehow obtaining the resurrection from the dead. Do you understand that? He understands, my goal is no longer trying to get all my circumstances to align and hold on to my present life 
because I'm realizing this just doesn't work in this life. Life is always changing. You, and to move, you always have to leave something behind to get something else. And life will always have trouble. But that's not the answer for fulfilling life. Fulfilling life is, I now know Jesus at this way I didn't before. And when that happens, life gets good. And I know him through these power moments where the kingdom breaks through like Pentecost. And I know him in everything that led up to that. And when I go through that again, I want to know him. And that's why we see him say later in Philippians, I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances, whatever need I have, I've learned to be content. In other words, I'm no longer in, I'm not content because I keep trying to change things around. I keep trying to, to change my new life that has, I've gotten. I've learned to be content in letting God come into that and, and, and participate with God, even in the pain of those changes. In James, the author of James says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. And the reason you do is because when you go through those trials, the finished work is that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing, right? And we've heard these before, but I'm telling you, this is the way we live in this world. Now, on this thing of receiving this new spirit, I just want you to take this in as we're going to be taking communion in a little bit, as we're going to be worshiping, as we're going to pray for each other. But let's just understand what has happened for us because of what Jesus did. You and I, the, the same spirit, just take this in for a little bit, the same spirit that hovered over the waters at creation the same spirit that inspired the writers of the Old Testament to write these things out, the same spirit that all those stories took place with, with Abraham and, all, and, and name your person in there, the judges and the, and, the, and the history and all those things where the spirit was moving with the kings and with David's psalms, all those places we see the spirit operating and changing and moving, doing these miraculous things. That was all the Holy Spirit. Think about this. This is the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit shows up in the New Testament and overshadows Mary, and Jesus is born. And then we see Jesus, the Holy Spirit descending upon him at his baptism. And from that point on, he just began leaning and yielding and spending time to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit led Jesus throughout his entire life. The Holy Spirit led Jesus to the cross. And we see the miracles. It's all tied to this place of the Holy Spirit. And then we have the Spirit of God raising Christ from the dead. We have that Holy Spirit in us. I mean, just take that in. And we can access him in our pain. 
We can, ask, we can participate. He can participate with us in our life when we're going through difficult times, and he empowers us with the power of resurrection. It's all the Holy Spirit. And so I think the invitation may be obvious. <laughs> the invitation is just open yourself up to the Holy Spirit. You know, it's, it's right now, wherever you're at, just, and, and you will feel resistance in that, but the Holy Spirit is the one who takes you to life. Holy Spirit is what allows things that are wrong in life to be transformed into you coming to know Jesus. The Holy Spirit's power is what takes you to the things that he has for you. He, and it, it takes you to a new spirit in the way you live. Right? And we this whole series is really a matter of us learning to participate with what the Spirit's doing and not shut down when pain comes, but always be knowing that there is a new Spirit coming. And right now, the middle of where we're at, we can experience participation and fellowship with God as we have Him go through this. And as we look back, we'll go, oh, it makes sense now because that's where I found transformation. That's where I came to know God. I know, him in the, I know it in the fellowship of suffering, and I know it in the power of the resurrection.